Monsters in a Monte Carlo by local artist Patrick. What up? It's Bridget here on WPGU 1071's Request Live. This Friday is extra special because not only do we have your undiscovered local artist of the week, we've got him here live in the studio with me. Thanks so much for being here, Patrick. We've also got Larry in the studio. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, uh, my name is Patrick, and I'm a local artist from Urbana. And some of you know me as Prince Aki. I vandalized a good amount of campus with my stickers. Um, and with me is my, my friend and brother, Larry. Hi, I'm Larry. Yeah, Larry, um, he pretty much made my album possible with the sound engineering and helped me do with my OCD during the production process and all that. So yeah. It was mostly OCD. Mostly OCD. I pushed a few buttons, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So you, you both said that you're both locals. Uh, you mentioned, Patrick, that you, you graduated from U of I, um, but both of you have been taking rounds here for a while. How, how long have you have you been in the CU? So I have been here my whole life, born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah. Hey, me too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good place. A lot, lot going on. I graduated U of I in 2013, and I studied business and Japanese, not music, though. That's cool. Interesting mix. And uh, I came here in 2000, maybe, so this is where I've lived uh, for the longest uh, at any point in my life, and so this has definitely been home. I've been here and making music now for, my goodness, almost 17 years. Wow. Yeah, and, and how much would you say that this town, then, has uh, shaped your lives and, and also your music as far as the music scene here? Man, well, if you look at CU as, you know, where it's at, you know, on the map, there's really not much around. Mm -hmm. And I think if it weren't for the university, you know, this town would just be oh, another yep. cornfield. I hate to for say sure. it, but so I think growing up here, like, there's so much diversity and there's so many different things going on. It's so cool because growing up, I was able to be around so many different types of people from all over, and it's definitely shaped how I've seen the world. And, you know, there's people, if you just drive 20 minutes south, people have a completely different mindset. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just crazy, and I think we're all blessed to be in a city like this one. Absolutely. Uh, so you have an EP out called Monsters in Monte Carlo. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very personal, a very, very honest piece. Uh, it definitely felt like a concept album to yeah. me. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the story behind it? Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, um, I approached my friend Mike Ingram, and I was like, hey, man, like I want to make an album, but I need help. Like I don't know what to do. And that's when he pointed me in the direction of Larry. And I had worked with Larry once before. Um, he did the sound for one of my shows, and it was pretty early on. I remember I got an email from Mike saying, hey, man, after show, it's certainly a good idea to shout out the guy that ran sound for you. And I was like, oh, man, I felt so bad, because um, Larry did a great job, and mm -hmm. it's such a difference between just me hitting play on my computer. Um, but anyway, so I contacted Larry, and I was like, hey, man, I want to make this album. Can you help me? And he was super busy with his, his work, um, working in Volition, um, but he was kind enough to set time aside, usually once a week, maybe more often, um, to help me with it. So that's kind of how I got in touch with Larry. And um, the concept was really weird because I had some of these songs that I'd had for years on my computer that I'd started with, and I didn't really know what I was doing yet with the concept. And one of my best friends, Nori, was like, hey, man, come downtown for a drink. And I was so stressed that day. I was just thinking and thinking and thinking of what is this album going to be about? And I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do anything. It was one of those weird moods where it's like, you don't want to do anything, but you don't want to not do something. Mm -hmm. You just do nothing. Um, one of those weird days. And I laid down, and it was like, I don't know if I was out for like a minute or ten minutes. It was like weird dream state. And I woke up, and I just had this concept, Monsters in a Monte Carlo. And I was like, that's definitely it. Like, it sounds right. And uh, 
but I was like, how the hell am I going to get people to know what I'm talking about? Sure. And that's kind of where it started. So why specifically did you choose a Monte Carlo? Is it just, is there any significance to the Monte Carlo, or is it just because it, it flows nicely off the tongue? Like it does flow with, it does flow nicely with the tongue, um, but something, I've never had a Monte Carlo. Um, sure. I've had the same car my whole life, pretty much, a black Mitsubishi Eclipse. Um, and, but there's something about Monte Carlos when you look at them, in my opinion, that's mm -hmm. like, it's like they're up to something no good. <laughs> like, I don't know. And sure. it's like, there's I just something about the way that they're shaped. And like, I usually always see them in black. Um, okay. And that was the original color I wanted for the album cover. Um, but I don't know. I've always wanted one. And I have, you know, a lot of my friends like, dude, those cars are ugly. And I'm like, dude, I think they're amazing. So oh, yeah. the super sports. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And um, so once I, I thought of that, I was like, man, that, that makes sense. And I was like, okay. My monster's coming to pick me up in this car and basically force me to deal with all my problems. Um, and I was like, that's kind of what I need right now in my life anyways. Sure, So the sure. whole process of making it was actually kind of the process of what the album was about at the same time, which was cool, so. That's kind of meta. Yeah. That's really meta. Yeah, yeah. Very, very therapeutic process. Absolutely. From my seat watching him yeah. you know, sort through this and, and put the demons in their place and, and deal with all this head-on. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I... It was a... I remember I was so uh, a little bit too ambitious with it at first. Like, oh, Larry, I'm going to get it done in like a month and a half. <laughs> and it uh, ended up taking about a year. So, you know, I got to see Larry and, you know, there was things in both of our lives that happened. That sure, were very serious yeah. over that over that year. And uh, it was just really nice to have someone that was plugged into the music the same way I am um, to be able to kind of connect with on those points and use our experiences to actually talk about it and turn it into something beautiful. You know, um, I think this is kind of funny, but when I first imported your EP into my computer, iTunes claimed that the genre was kids' music. <laughs> so I thought, I thought well, <laughs> that's interesting. And not even ten seconds in, I was like, oh, iTunes. Oh, iTunes. And, yeah. and not just because that was the original explicit version either, um, yeah. but just because it really is quite dark. It's, yeah. it's a very serious concept. Um yeah. And the lyric, it's just, it's so clear that there's a lot of emotion and soul-searching yeah. that went into these songs. Yeah. Um, so, sounds like very therapeutic process and uh, very real and relatable concept. It's really kind of a universal concept. I think that anyone could really uh, listen to this album and relate to it in yeah. some way. And that's what I was going for, because I realized, like, man, if I, if I get too personal with these lyrics, is it going to, like, alienate people? Like, man, that's too specific. I don't know. I've never been through that. And that's what I was afraid of at first, because, you know, obviously, as an artist, you want to make something that you need to make, but you also want to make something that's going to help people. Yep. And at first I was concerned about, you know, like getting so specific with lyrics and, you know, sometimes even dropping names of people that that was going to push people away. But, you know, and people can say what they want, but in Drake's music, mm -hmm. he gets so specific sometimes with places and girls names that even if you don't know who he's talking about mm -hmm. I think it forces you to sort of do the same thing with your life like almost fill in those blanks like an ad lib with your own specifics oh, definitely so, so I, that's one thing that I really want to do and I just needed to do it um, for sure you know, I had I had different ideas about what I wanted the EP to be about uh, their songs went through so many changes and at the end of the day I mean the majority of the songs are about one person and sure. that wasn't my plan in the beginning, but that ended up being what I needed to write about. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
makes sense. And honestly, in my experience and also my personal opinion, uh, it's the songs that are the most honest and personal that I think are the most meaningful because otherwise it starts to feel kind of fake. Yeah. You know, if that's the thing about um, my, my big pet peeve about uh, pop music yeah. is they use these tropes and it's yeah. so um, it's so vague that it just feels fake and pandering, even if it's maybe not coming from that place originally. So I think I think it's definitely important to keep keep your music personal and honest. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, because it, it comes across that way. Otherwise, it just seems like it's not real or it doesn't mean anything, and that uh, that makes it less less meaningful. I guess I yeah. already said that. No, pandering, <laughs> pandering is definitely, you know, I think what I get from a lot of the music I hear on the radio too, and it's mm-hmm. it can be catchy, but you know, and a lot of my music is dark. I realize that, and mm-hmm. a lot of my music is sort of about lost love and the other day I was listening um, to a few Mario tracks just analyzing them and I was like man I need to make a song that's not about like an ex-girlfriend <laughs> and, uh, but I realized that you know for whatever reason I'm still working that out mm-hmm. you know um, as far as like what I'm working with creatively mm-hmm. in my music and I do want to make happier songs because I think you know music you know like Hey Ya by Outkast like for me, it's impossible to hear that song and not feel good. Yeah. Like, I just love it. And music can be so powerful in that way. But at the same time, I think, you know, with dark times, music can actually help bring you out of it, even when it's Definitely. about what you're going through. You know? yeah, for both people writing it and people listening to it, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, uh, like I said, uh, you got to write about what you know and what you're feeling at the time, because otherwise it, it just doesn't come across as real. You can't you can't force out something that's happy yeah. uh, when you're not happy at the time. Exactly. So um, that's, that's something definitely that, that Larry helped me a lot with a lot too. Is you know there's a few times where I, I was holding back as an artist, and not only when I was writing, but my delivery when I was recording. Because basically how it worked is I brought the tracks to Larry, mm-hmm. and he put them in his system, and he made all of them sound amazing. And but a lot of the some of the vocals were recorded already at my apartment. Mm-hmm. Some of them I had to record at his place. Sure. And some of the most powerful verses I actually had to re- re-record at his place. And I remember he told me like, you know, what was it? What was the term? Off the chain or like? Uh, yeah, off the chain. Yeah, something. Take yourself off the chain. Yeah, he basically told me like, let go, like let it mm-hmm. loose. And yeah. that's something that I'm still working on because you know I've realized that I've. Uh, I've kind of restrained myself, and I think I, my personal opinion is that all humans are artists. That's my to get a little bit deep on you guys. Sure. And I think that almost in every situation, we're the ones in our own way, um, and we get in our own way. And so Larry really helped me kind of get out of my own box and kind of let go with some lyrics. Yeah, you can fix things like timing and pitch or anything like that, but you can't uh, you can't fake the. Um Emotion, you can't fix that in, in post. Definitely. And so when he, you know, bears his soul on a microphone, then that's going to translate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that definitely, I think that definitely comes across. Good, good, good. So um, you already mentioned uh, Drake. Yeah. Um, but what were what were some of your main influences in writing this EP, oh, either man. musical or otherwise? Yeah. So let's see here. So in order of when I actually started the tracks. Mm-hmm. Noah's Ark is probably the one that has been around the longest, and I was listening to a lot of Frank Ocean. When Frank I Ocean, going. okay, um, yeah. And Larry always talks about he thinks of Prince when the organs come in in the beginning. Definitely, um, I can hear that. Yeah, I see that. Which Prince was a later on 
kind of an influence when I made Monte Monte Carlo because um, unfortunately, you know, when he passed away, like any death is a horrible thing. Of course. Like, the celebrity deaths that have happened, like normally I'm like, oh man, that's too bad. But when Prince passed away, I like really felt it. Like, yeah. and I'm not going to pretend like I know a bunch of his music or anything like that. Like my dad had always talked to me about Purple Rain and that whole movie and, and mm-hmm. expecting me to see it. And I was really deeply saddened by that. Like, I felt like the world shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Frank Ocean, Channel Orange came out in 2012, and I listened to that album just all the time. And it's just like a lot, a lot of the content that this album was about happened in 2012. So sure. Frank Ocean was a big one. Um, there's a Korean band called Mel <laughs> that I listened to a lot of. They're like a almost like a Korean version of Radiohead. That's one of the biggest influences. And I listened to a lot of them when I um, composed the music for Some Other Girl. Um, the end of Some Other Girl, um, You On The Fly Right Now, probably first class, that part right there. Mm-hmm. That was like, I was listening to a lot of Future when I made that part. <laughs> and I remember Larry saved that part too because I had recorded that in my apartment downtown Champaign and there was always squirrels and insects in the alleyway, <laughs> just loud as hell, all oh the time. Oh, my gosh. And no matter what I did, it would come through the window. And so there was all these nature sounds in that recording. Mm-hmm. And we tried to re- like re-record it, but I couldn't quite capture the way that was it flowed on that track. Sure. I was like, Larry, please, man, you got to save that. And he was able to completely get it cleaned up. I went to my squirrel removal plug-in. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel removal and plug-in. Hit, uh, squirrel and insect removal. Yeah. Can you, can you do that to the entire quad? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Quad I'm expensive, though. You'll have to pay for it. My squirrels nah. are so fat. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I don't know, like, Monson and Monte Carlo was, for those, for those verses where I kind of was like, rapping at myself obviously I was listening to a lot of Eminem then like sure yeah I heard that for sure um, Slim Shady type vibes and you know that really helped it was crazy because I remember I was I had got back from Chicago and I was supposed to be in San Diego that weekend but the plans got changed and I was supposed to um, two of my friends my good friends were DJing at Cowboy Monkey and I was like I'll go down there and one of my friends came in and was like, hey, Patrick, your ex-girlfriend's out with her ex-boyfriend, just so you know. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thrown off. And I didn't even know who they were talking about. And I went out, and my ex-girlfriend was out there, sure enough, with her ex-boyfriend. And we had split up maybe a week before that or something. And oh, it wasn't, man. It wasn't a good, smooth breakup. But, you know, once reality hits you like that, it's like there's no, oh, it might be this, it might be that. It's like regardless of where it is, there it is for you to see. And it just kind of, like, hit me really hard. And I think she knew I thought I was going to be out of town. So it was one of those, like, serendipitous Awkward, moments. Awkward, like, yeah. It was really good. And I, I went home, and that's when I wrote, Hey, Patrick, you're an asshole. That's why she left you. Mm-hmm. You saw at the bar with the Rex dude. Don't forget, she's not the one that she wants to be next to. And once I started writing that, like, this verse of just kind of, like, bashing myself um, and saying, Oh, by the way, don't forget that one girl in the band, which is the girl that the, the, the whole album's pretty much about. Mm-hmm. The word just flew out. Yeah. So, and it was actually, as odd as it is to say, it felt really good to write that verse, um, to say those things to myself that some part of me felt. Um, so, throughout the making of the album, a lot of different music came into play, but Eminem, Frank Ocean, Drake, um, Kanye for new. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kanye. Um, St. Pablo 
the track St. Pablo from uh, The Life of Pablo came out and that's where I like I wanted to add that sort of like sonar mm -hmm. bell or whatever the sound is and so yeah it went through I'm, I'm glad it took so long because a lot of different music was able to kind of influence my sound yeah, so it makes it it makes a very diverse uh, EP it's still yeah. consecutive but yeah. it's it's got a lot of diversity within it yeah for sure um, so you mentioned Mike and you also mentioned Cowboy Monkey are there any local bands that you're really digging right now or that have, that you feel like have influenced you either that you remember going to as a child or have been working with a lot now man um I'm trying to, you know, one of my biggest things lately is that, like, man, I gotta stop making songs with just myself on it. Mm -hmm. But the last EP, it kind of happened that way because it was such a personal album. So sure. Places didn't really show up for other people to get on. Like, um, I was gonna have Cece, um, Cela Cole on there, and she's a phenomenal artist. Oh yeah. Um, her voice is just great. amazing singer. Yeah. Um, there's some other artists that I've reached out to that I'm trying to work with. Um, like Emily Otnes is someone that I really look up to. Oh, absolutely. Her ethereal vocals sometimes, like you just feel like you're in a different place. So I'm really trying to get her on track. Um, she's hard to peg down. She's busy doing uh, yeah. so many things. Emily, if you're listening. Yeah, Emily, <laughs> I'm shouting you out. Um, Fiona's also great. Fiona, Fiona yeah. Um, very unique sound. Very unique sound. Um, as far as other hip-hop artists um there's a lot out there that are great so um, many there's a lot out there that are great and i've always kind of felt like i was sort of an outsider even to that group um partly for my own reasons of just kind of being a loner and isolating <laughs> myself because my own anxiety and ocd and all those problems i have um so i'm still kind of wiggling my way around trying to find my own spot but there's a lot out there that I there is. To work with. And this is a very um, a very friendly and welcoming music community, I think. I think so, too. For sure. So it's more a matter of, like, once you're ready, it won't be hard, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just um, my experience here, just going, even just going to shows. I'm not even a musician of any kind. Mm -hmm. um, but just going to shows, it's just such a friendly place. And um, people are just so willing to help, help each other out, yeah. which is great. So. And uh, years ago, so Frank Leone sent me a Christmas card and uh, a couple years ago. And one of the things he said in the card was, keep making the music that you need to make, and eventually people will, will catch Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And I think that's, a, that's something that has come across the various things that I've read and things I've prayed about and all that, where it's like, whether you're taking photographs, um, making music, you know, whatever you're doing, it can be really, it can be a lot of pressure, like, oh, well, I have to, I have to make something that's going to have me pop off, that's going to get me all the attention, that's going to help me get to the next tier. Got to make a banger. Got to make right. a banger. And, of course, we want to, because I think, like, one of my songs, Angels, some random dude on Facebook, Facebook's so weird, first of all, because someone oh, yeah. can share something of yours, and it's like, you won't even see it. And they get the credit for it, and it, the views and yeah, stuff. Views. Yep. And also, someone can mention you and like say something really nice about your music. And the notification system is whack. I really don't like Facebook. Um, I'm probably going to get hacked or something. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but He's this guy watching. said, I overstand the song. And like, Angels, some guy that I didn't even know really connected with them. Mm -hmm. and that's a really dark song, too. So I think that that's the ultimate prize 
when he Absolutely. trades something is when it connects and helps someone out. So where I'm at now is I'm trying to kind of do what Larry was telling me to do in the studio. It was just like, let go. Like, say what I need to say, make what I need to make. And, you know, there's one of my good friends, um, her name's Nicole. She's a photographer and designer in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she makes her artwork and her designs are so unique. And so specifically her, and that it's sort of ahead of the time. Mm-hmm. And it might take people some time to catch on. Sure. Um, and that's the type of people that I'm trying to be around, people that are like three or four, four steps ahead of me as far as what they're doing creatively. So, hey, You know, it's, it's interesting to watch him in the creative process and put these songs together. And that's part of it, you know, uh, us working on this album for the better part of a year. And now we're seeing the other part of it, which is it's out in the world. You've, you've reared your art and put it out there, and it's out in the world. And... and you can't control how people are going to respond to it. That's yeah. a frustrating thing as an artist, but that's the truth. You can't control, and, and people will gravitate towards it or, or not. Yeah. And one of the most rewarding things I'm seeing happen right in front of me is that people are approaching Patrick to talk about these songs, and you've mentioned how personal they are. Yes. But that's the probably, in my experience, one of the most rewarding things as an artist. When someone takes note of, of you pulling your, your shirt wide open and... and putting your heart out there on the line and having someone uh, connect with you. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time someone reviewed one of my albums and kind of got it. It mm-hmm. like slayed me. You know, people had written nice things about it, but someone actually dug into what I was saying on a record and, and I was in Wichita, Kansas. We just rolled into town. I grabbed the student paper and someone had, had written and, and I went, man, this kid gets it, you know. Awesome. And I kind of got choked up because it was the yeah. first time someone had really gotten it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was, that was pre- uh, social media days and, and so I get a little more visibility in what's happening in Patrick's world right now yeah. and, and people starting to approach him and talk about this so it's got to it's got to be hugely rewarding for you it is and it like I think because of my and someone someone on SoundCloud made I have a feeling it's Mike Inger but I'm not sure um, <laughs> Champagne Urbana Music like a profile on SoundCloud and they shared one of my tracks and it said one of Champagne's unsung heroes and I think because of my own, like I mentioned before, my own tendencies to be sort of a hermit. Um, I haven't connected people the way I really want to, mm-hmm. but I've had to kind of push to get the album out. And anytime you promote yourself, it just feels weird. Like, yeah. Because you don't want to be like, I've got friends on Facebook. I deactivated my Facebook a while ago. But mm-hmm. I had friends that would tag me and like 50 other people in yeah. a post to listen to their song. And I'm not going to listen. Yeah. I, I hate yeah. to say it, but it's like, right away, it's like, that's just, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn off. I unfriend them. obnoxious, right yeah. Um, I put them on a list. Um, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> promoting yourself is, is tough because you have a thousand people yeah. around you that are trying to do the same thing. Um, but once you do get someone to listen, it's amazing. And you kind of, you don't see the back work that all these artists that are getting the attention, are getting, um, you know, reviews and press. Yeah. Don't realize how hard they're actually working to get that done because it takes a lot. It takes a while, and it's like, you know, no one, no one owes me anything. That's what I realized. Like, no one just because I spent all this time with Larry and we worked on this album, that doesn't mean that people have to review it, have to listen to it. Like, I have to give them a reason to, and that's one thing I've been trying to figure out a better way to do. And it's like, Smile politely just wrote a review on it, and it was a phenomenal review. Like, mm-hmm. he touched on things and worded them better than I could have ever worded it because I'm inside of it yeah. viewed it from the outside with mm-hmm. such a fresh and accurate perspective and it's like like Larry said it felt so cool to actually have someone get it um, 
Because yeah. a lot of people are like, oh man, I like this track because it sounds like a banger. And some of the tracks that I really wanted them to listen to closer, maybe they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But each track, it's, it's cool because each track has kind of affected people in different ways. Absolutely. Well, you're, you've definitely are on the right track here, yeah. for sure. Right. Especially getting yourself out there. I mean, this is a good place to start. Yeah. Radio station, smile politely, uh, all local stuff. Yeah. I can see you rocketing from there. Yeah. So, um, we're just about out of time. Is there anything else that you want to say? Man, um, a few things. I'm working on a new project. Um, It'll take a year. It'll take three years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, no, I have to finish it. I have to launch it by springtime, um, into spring. Um, next spring. Um, <laughs> you know, spring is just no, like a few months the, out. The songs are made for summer, so I, I'm working on that one. Um, so I can't wait to show that to everyone. Thank you so much to my my friends and my fans. Like I said the other day, to me, the words are synonymous. Um, I couldn't do it without you guys. I mean, my buddy Todd takes phenomenal photos and refuses to uh, take money from me. Um, it just looks really great doing it. <laughs> this album would not be here without Larry. Um, I got to end it with the shout him out. Like, not just the the products and how great it sounds that I could not have done myself, which is why I got to get him on my next project. <laughs> um, but just how much he counseled me through the process and just was there as not just an engineer but as a friend. And uh, that album would not be what it is without him. So, and thanks to 1071 and thanks you guys for having me. Of course, this is cool. So, thank you so much. This is very cool. Well, thanks so much for being here. Uh, we're going to finish out with a song. Here's Noah's Ark by Patrick off his EP, Monsters of Monte Carlo. Uh, once again, you can make sure to check him out. Where can where can they find you online? Yeah, uh, patricksound.com has everything. Uh, Princeaki.com links to just my SoundCloud. i got to fix that. So, yeah, all my... All my contact information, social media, and all my music is on patricksound.com. All right. Make sure to check him out. Here's Noah's Ark. <laughs>